This was the largest audience to ever witness an inauguration, period. It says 100% guaranteed, you moron. Mister, if you don't shut up, I'm gonna kick 100% of your ass! Sorry, the first time we're doing this, so we're figuring things out. I'm Leonard. Hey, I'm Ben. And, and this is... California State of Mind. <laughs> this is California State of Mind. got a CNN update. What is that update? Uh, CIA hacks TVs, phones all over the world. WikiLeaks claims. This is out of the dump that WikiLeaks just did recently. Okay. Uh, How grotesque are they going here? So pretty much what WikiLeaks is claiming is that the CIA knows how to and routinely has hacked uh, TVs and phones. And that, that technology has been stolen by hackers. Okay, so... Stolen by hackers. So, pretty much the CIA, CIA got hacked and they had technology stolen from them. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so now it's up for anybody. To... Yeah, and the first guy calling for... Congressional investigations is a California senator, mm-hmm. Todd Lou, Ted Lou, sorry. Oh, Ted Lou, uh, yeah. yeah, he's from the Los Angeles area. Yep. Um, especially since there's huge uh, uh, privacy concerns associated with it. Oh, I'd say so. Um, that just makes him worse than Nielsen. <laughs> they got caught using the information to spot or or is it Samsung? Oh it could have been it could have been yeah the cameras on the television. I think it was Samsung. And they were able to watch their customers. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean it's just a uh gross uh, misuse of private information. Well exactly. I think whoever is in charge of the CIA at the time administration wise it's it's serious, regardless. Let alone that it's the Trump administration during the Trump oh. administration. Well, I guess it would go over to the Obama administration prior to that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, with the whole. Were, I mean, going back to Edward Snowden. There was an amount whole, of I wouldn't say spying on U.S. citizens, but that's what we have allies for, so that we can spy on our own citizens. Um, right. Well, and that, you kind of that, want, that's I mean, what the British do for us. They well, spy the, on our citizens. Right. For us. Well, and the CIA is supposed to. Along with the NSA, is supposed to be listening in on international, outside of the U.S., right? Right. And not domestic surveillance, supposedly. Oh. I mean, Britain, France, and the U.S. have a listening station in the U.K., and uh, 
they don't monitor each other's they have each other monitor their own citizens for them i mean it it's a roundabout way of doing the same thing. Right. You you, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, right. and we'll, we work it out. But especially for private companies to be able to monitor what customers are doing, mm-hmm. it, it it takes it to a kind of different level. I mean, I mean, not that I want to be monitored by my government because I'm just doing what I do on a normal day. But as I say, if you got nothing to hide, then what do you have to worry about? <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> why give up freedoms for security? I, well, exactly. I, I mean, in the end, it always comes back to Benjamin Franklin and, and his thoughts on it, which you would think that more conservatives and this original intent would go back to. If, if the founding fathers are looked at as, as this holy group of, of guys, right. well, then... Take into account, you know, uh, their their views on things that go beyond just what the uh, politics de jour is and right. and what it'll help you with uh, short term. Uh, I mean, I mean the, the person I blame the most for is the or the administration I blame the most for is Bush administration. They really expanded listening and and then oh, definitely. I mean, the the, the post nine eleven shift. I mean, they cranked it up. Yep, and then although I did read that. James Comey, the current director of the FBI, he's the one that, as deputy AG, when um, John Ashcroft John Ashcroft was ill in the hospital, yeah, he's the one that shot down the expansion after the expiration of yeah. What was it? It was it was Alberto Gonzalez and another guy from the White House at the time going to Ashcroft's hospital bed <laughs> and one, wanting to strong arm him to sign something yep and and uh, Ashcroft standing up well yeah and I think Comey was saying like he found out they were going to the hospital so, and he was driving down to the hospital and running lights and sirens to get there <laughs> I mean, so he could get there before they did they showed up after he did from what I read in yeah. an article yesterday um I think it was the New Yorker mm-hmm. or something like that and uh they they tried strong arming Ashcroft into signing it, and he gave his reasons for and against, and said, "But I'm not the AG. The AG's standing. Yeah, right I'm not there. the acting attorney general right now. So let me just rest and get better." Yeah. And then uh, apparently Comey was asked to the Oval Office for discussions about it, and was only uh, willing to go if he could take. Uh, I can't remember the uh, Solicitor General's name at the time, but only mm-hmm. if he could go, so that he had a witness and. Well, exactly. Wanting to go, listen, there is a protocol here, guys. You can't just run roughshod. But it does make you think, man, kind of quaint days during the Bush administration compared to what we're seeing now with the Trump administration. And speaking of Comey, I think that kind of gets us right into uh, what uh, Trump's tweet storm was over the weekend. Uh, Wiretaps. Yeah, as far as his tweets. The double T tap. The double P tap. The double P tap. Don't want to get into P right now with Trump, but... (laughs) In terms of the do- dossier, as I've heard some people wow. refer to it as. But, but is it, it really real? But it seems, okay, so, right. For people that don't know, they can look it up. In terms of what uh, this wiretap tweet, which was a series of four. But what it always gets down to, and what I've noticed, and, and people have, have, have uh, talked about, is he's a little kid, and he gets it's, he, his most damning tweets when he shoots himself in the foot is either on a Friday night or Saturday, specifically Saturday, because that's when Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump 
are, uh, cel- are observing the Sabbath yep. on Saturday. And so when Ivanka and Jared are away, Grandpa will play, yep. and Trump just goes crazy. I remember seeing this type of uh, uh, behavior in one of my grandparents when he was starting to suffer dementia. Yeah, and thankfully he wasn't president of the United States, States at the time. Correct. Because, you know, it's kind of a big job. It has certain <laughs> responsibilities. And it's it, like, uh, Again, before anybody gets a bit funny, this is all our opinion. Oh, exactly. Listen, take it for what it's worth. It's two guys' opinions added to the chatter out in the world. Yes. Um, but... But it's a serious, I mean... My 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 thinking on it is that he's he's damned both ways. He he fucked himself into a box that there is no good answer. On the one hand, if it's true, which the national security former national security director says no, it didn't happen as far as he was aware, and also James Comey, uh, the FBI talking about to the Justice right. Department wanting them to come out with something to right. say, hey, this isn't true. But even if it was true. Then that means that a FISA judge had approved a tap based on Russian things yeah. of Trump Tower. It, it means the Justice Department had enough information to go to FISA and get a warrant. Right. I mean, that's the best case scenario for Trump if you say, believe what I say. Yeah. Which, more than likely, no, it just, if he pulled it out of his ass, well, excuse me, Breitbart is what he calls it, but he pulls it out of his ass and he says, hey, look what I read. Let me fire off a few tweets. This is this is bullshit. Everybody's out to get me. I mean, that's the thing. Trump, we're only about 45 days into this administration and he's already at 1973, 74 Nixon. I mean, it took years for Nixon to get to to this paranoid (laughs) level. And, you know, that's I will say about this. You talk about called Republicans and the, the efficiency of the market. Well, this is the efficiency of paranoia, and everybody's out to get us. Nixon was only, a, what, a year and a half out before uh, he had to retire or um, step down as president? He was almost done with his term anyway, correct? Well, yeah, because he, well, yeah, well, two yeah, about halfway, halfway yeah. into his term. Re-elected in 1972, which it's interesting when you start looking at these Nixonian and Trumpian parallels, but one would say at least Nixon and his crew they knew the government. They know the they know the inner workings Correct. of the government and there was nefariousness there and they were paranoid. But they kinda kept it you know, to the group uh, within the White House. Now now it's just he has no idea how the government works and there's the paranoia and the nefariousness anyway. Yeah, it's it's you know, they're they're not only paranoid, they're blind and paranoid yep. and so that's that's just even scarier. Everybody's out to get the president right now. Well, exactly. Either either you say good things about him and he's like, thumbs up to you, right on, like Putin. Or if you say bad, one negative thing, boom, he, you're, you're, off, you're on his list. You're on his yeah. shit list. And so it's like, uh, I don't know. I think Mike Pence is just waiting in the wings, biding his time, yes. <laughs> stay, I- staying clean as well as he can be. Ready to step in for Trump as soon as the whole house of cards just falls. Exactly. But do you think uh, Mike Pence is immune from anything that... Uh... Uh, you know, time will tell on that one. It's possible. The more people dig into Mike Pence... Uh... Because usually the problem is if the president's implicated, his vice president will usually 
such with Nixon and Agnew, mm-hmm. uh, both having to resign. Well, yeah, I, uh, it, time will tell. I'm curious to see how dirty Mike Pence got his hands yeah. uh, during the campaign or also during the transition. Because suddenly, you remember, Chris Christie was the head of the transition team for Trump. Yes. Then he gets pushed to the side, as Chris Christie will happen. He's this puppy dog to Trump and well, do whatever. I, I think that had to do with the fact that he put uh, Mr. Trump's... Uh, Son-in-law's father in prison. Uh, yeah, I think Kushner uh, told the king to, uh, you know, banish Jacob. him from the kingdom. <laughs> uh, and they're like, okay. So then Mike Pence takes over the transition team there. And who knows? A, a, time, a time will tell. But I think he's, he's, he's getting his presidential suits pressed. And yeah. he's ready to put it on <laughs> and uh, take over at some point here. Maybe sooner than later. Yeah. I mean... He's trying to run it like a uh, business, which... Right. Wasn't that the whole panacea? The Republicans are like, hey, once we get a businessman, if we can run the country like a CEO runs his business, then everything will be perfect. The problem with the United States and most governments is there's too many moving pieces, I feel, for it to run... You can run departments as separate businesses, but you can't, I guess run overall as one business. Yeah, he's finding rather quickly that he can't run the U.S. government like his business. He's not a dictator, which a CEO can be. Within a business, he decrees something that happens. Yeah. Now, that, there's rules. Now you're the you, government. Have, you have department heads who have to be able to make policy for you, that you have to give them a wide berth. I believe give them guidelines, but well, yeah, I think allow you have to, them to. The government is the other thing is just the, the sheer vastness of the government. It's a lone president can't micromanage. Yeah. it's just not feasible. And I mean, let alone somebody who's really good at the job knows the government, and Trump is far from that. So correct. it's like, well, he has no hope of of even it. But you see the attempt, this flage, flage, you know, uh, this 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 half-ass attempt. Over and over again, whether it was with the uh, the initial Muslim travel ban, and just how rough shot and like they didn't run it past uh, Homeland Security, they didn't run it past State Justice Department, Department, the Justice Department. It was like Steve Bannon, Kushner, uh, the Steve Miller guy, oh, who's yeah. like uh, what the Morning Joe calls him a uh, little uh, little dictator, <laughs> little Miller. Because he's he's the one that went on like the shows and saying you know the Trump the Trump the president will not not be questioned. On what he does. Well, it's like, well, fuck you. I, I mean, when you can't say that the president is the all-out authority and that's where the buck stops for immigration policy. Again, there's still legal issues. Um, and that's why we have three separate branches of government. Uh, judicial power, even though they're not American citizens, there are still... Yeah, but they're right. so they're so called judges. I'm sorry, I, you know they uh, <laughs> if they if they disagree with the uh, the our leader, dear leader, um, <laughs> then uh, that's just uh, you know how it is. Yeah, and he went ahead and he dropped Iraq from the the new executive well, yeah, order. And my hearing from that was that was a big push from the the, the military. The Pentagon was like. We are working with a lot of Iraqis in terms of, of what we're still doing, 
uh, with our uh, military as far as ad as advisors or I forget the, the term of kind of uh, you know not not boots on the ground per se yeah. but all these, these advisors kind of like early days of Vietnam but I I don't know uh, I, the, the brief amount of stuff that I've seen on it it's still essentially the same and mm. there's already lawsuits Filed. Yeah, well, the uh, the ACLU has just been getting uh, tons of money, and uh, thankfully, there's uh, the ACLU getting the getting what they uh, they need as far as funding uh, to be able to do these fights because somebody's got to fight them. Exactly, and I know you saw you watched MSNBC the other night mm -hmm. when Rachel Maddow broke the the document from Homeland Security or oh, from yeah, yeah. Uh, from uh, the Office of National Intelligence, actually. Yeah, oh, but you, they, you're talking about in terms of, of, of people coming in and in terms of uh, the... It's usually not the first generation, or if it is, they've been here for a few years before. Yeah. Uh, they're radicalized, so they're not radicalized before they get here. It's after they get here, and it, it makes no sense to ban people from areas because... Right, which in and in, in of itself shoots them, shoots them, uh, their argument in the foot of saying, well, we're doing this. And the whole thing with how quick the first ban got into effect was like, we don't have time. We need to put the ban in now before yep. the bad hombres get in, right? Yep. And But then even after uh, the uh, joint session to Congress that Trump had, right, they actually held off on signing uh, that new ban because they wanted to let – the good press that he was getting because he's he made a big boy for speech twenty four hours and he was wearing his big boy pants and so everybody applauded and they Which wanted to let that breathe. Was still a horrible speech and did you see Paul Ryan's face? Oh yeah, but he said the <laughs> time for the time for trivial fights is over. And it was and a great Paul start by Paul Ryan. He's like, really, I, dude? I, I hope Paul Ryan is as much as I don't like Paul Ryan. I hope he's smartening up over the past few weeks and is gonna not do his best to, to fight the president on these issues. Well, and I think the only hope that Paul Ryan has is that his connection as far as with uh, Ryan's Priebus, because they're both Wisconsin guys, is he feels he's got that in to the White House with Chief of Staff uh, Priebus. Yes. But if Priebus is getting pushed to the side by Bannon and other guys within the White House in terms of who's got the president's ear, uh, if Priebus goes, so goes Ryan's connection into yep. the White House. And uh, who knows what will happen then. Now, I transitioned to another guy with the name Paul in his name. Yeah. Uh, Rand Paul the other day went mm. to the undisclosed location where the Republicans' health care bill was supposed to be. Yeah, it was like in the basement or something yep. somewhere in the Capitol uh, under he, the cloak of darkness he, and secrecy. Because he, it's such a great bill. They, they, you, of course, that's what you do with great bills yeah. that are going to help the American people. Well, and Paul Ryan, he goes, we're not going to be making backroom deals. And what's the difference between the backroom and the basement? Uh, yeah. Not not allowing <laughs> one side of the aisle to be in there. Anyway, uh, Rand Paul tweeted that he was on his way to the location. And he had a staffer carrying a copy machine with him. <laughs> uh, then they get to the location, apparently. And uh, all of a sudden, the bill's not available for him. Poof. <laughs> Gone. Disappeared into the ether. And uh, you know what they say about great bills when you have to hide them from your own party. <laughs> it, it, you know it's the best thing. It's, it's the you best know. thing. I stand fully behind the thing that I don't want you to see. <laughs> I mean, what? 
And and uh, what I was reading the today in the past week or so, what they're looking at doing is replacing subsidies with tax credits, mm-hmm. which is a mistake. Well, the other One. thing I thought about, I thought about you uh, was was the part was health savings accounts. Like this is the be all end all. We'll let hey you oh poor people that can't afford God. to save, we'll give you a health savings account that is a tax shelter, which is great for. Rich people, they got the money, no problem. But for middle class or poor people, what the hell good is a health savings account in when, terms of uh, when full coverage? My wife's insu- uh, the company my wife and I work for, uh, mm-hmm. on her insurance on the corporate side, I work union. Yeah. And uh, and our, our union plan can be, it's all right. It looks like it's going to start getting better with our new contract. But when she came home... I want to say last year or the year before with the new plans. And uh, she said they want us to try to do HSAs and they'll put this amount of money into the HSA for us. Right. Our savings account. Uh, I laughed at her. I said, no. <laughs> but it's pre-tax dollars. It, Come on. Right. But so is a flex spending account. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, with my history in taxes and seeing those, whether it's the flex spending accounts, whether it's the health savings accounts, well, one thing from a tax standpoint, they're a headache. Yeah. They're like this little extra, like, well, no, you got to file this form with this form. It's not easy and straightforward. No. And if I, I, I know specifically with a flex spending account, we tell them how much we want, and it's yeah. taken out through the year. Yeah. Whereas a health savings account, it's almost like a four hundred one. You have to do a percentage of. I believe I'm not a hundred percent. That's what it was like, yeah, a few years ago. Unless they're, and, they're looking to change some of those rules. And now. so, it's tough when I already have ten percent of my check going into my my four hundred one, and then having to figure out how to save another ten percent or so. Especially for my situation, where I have to have blood draws and warfarin, yeah, regularly, um, and occasionally you have to. Right, and, they, ER and, and thankfully you're under a union contract in terms of what you Although have. Although I, 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 I don't use my union health care because my wife's corporate health care is much better. Right, <laughs> and what, what I'm thinking about is for the people that don't have it or have to look for it on the open market. Correct. I mean, open market, it, you're, you're already in that situation where you don't have – so you're getting the subsidies – from the government right now to be able to pay for the uh, um, pay your copays, pay your uh, uh, deductibles, deductibles, yeah, and what have you. Uh, so you're not able to save, and unless you're in a situation where you're making over X amount of dollars a year, yeah, and when you have a family, it gets harder. Well, and the other thing is, I mean, Romney had, had talked about it in, in, during the 2012 campaign was, listen, they can go to the emergency room. And so it's like, well, wait, if, if, if people, are, if the hospitals are having to take on that care in terms of emergency room, costs go up anyway. Yep. The costs are going to be paid forward to the patient consumers in this, in this case, in terms of they're using hospitals. Why not create... You know, a government health care in terms of, yes, it's cost either way. Either either the hospitals are, are going to raise it in conjunction as far as with the insurance companies, premiums. 
that was the one thing they were saying, right? That Obamacare. Oh, look, it's in it's in a tailspin. Not enough young people are signing up, and the deductibles are jumping. But it's like the deductibles were going to jump anyway, anyway, and people are saying that the deductibles the, the, aren't aren't uh, didn't go up as high as the, if you did not have the the uh, the healthier a populace is, the higher deductibles are going to be because people are healthier and not using health insurance. Right. Or using it less or more frequently and getting preventative care instead of getting, uh, you know, getting care when they're sick. When you really need it. When you really, really need it. skyrocket, right. Yep. And so they're going to have to make up for lost profits by increasing deductibles. Yeah. Which... Well, and so the other part, so, yeah, the other two couple things about uh, that this uh, Republican health care bill uh, floated out there was, one, the big thing that the Republicans wanted was that the individual mandate, the tax, is good, done away with. And in place of that, because you say, well, then what is the, what is the uh, incentive as far as for people to then to sign up? Ob- yeah, Obamacare is already having young people having, uh, uh, not signing up as, as quick in, in, in the numbers that they well, wanted. Because they can stay on their parents' insurance longer. Up till 26. And they said they kept that one. So what they're saying is that um, in terms of, uh, what is it? That uh, Oh, it, it's almost like a... a, a Decentive. If if you drop your coverage at any time, you get pen, you're going to get penalized in some fashion. You'll if get you sign up again. You'll get charged more time. depending on how long you've been off of insurance. Yes. Yeah. Plus, they were talking about uh, was it uh, new uh, Secretary of Health and Human Services Price? Uh, uh, you know when they talk about tax credits, right? So health savings accounts, tax credits. Uh, incentivize, de-incentivize you dropping your coverage. and, and But they're and not going to go to the people that need it. Well, no. I think, well, beyond all that, though, and what you, I don't hear Republicans and conservatives talk about more, which you think they would, to a certain extent from a business standpoint, is the U.S. not having universal health care is putting American businesses at a global disadvantage against other countries that do provide universal health universal care. That's so the the companies are already at a disadvantage moving forward against that because of the additional costs put onto the companies. Two things to watch about that. Mm-hmm. Sicko, both Michael Moore films. Mm-hmm. Sicko, which is completely about healthcare, right, and goes to Britain. Right, yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, and specifically France. France have. And Italy both have stellar, stellar health insurance. And the other one is the newest one, uh, Where to Invade Next, where he does... Oh, I haven't seen that one. He does delve in a little bit to the French and the Italian medicine, especially the French. Or is it Italy where if you need it, you can get your doctor to sign off for three... Three months seems too long. Three weeks, I think it is. Okay. At a health spa. Well, there, there you, go. you go. But I'll see. Right now, where it stands in this bill, uh, there's enough Republicans that it's not moving forward. Because I no, read that there's at least four Republicans that said, whoa. From, even from a conservative well, standpoint, because they're They only need two to back off. Right, anyway. and their complaint is that this isn't conservative enough. This is Obamacare light. Well, and Obamacare was Mitt Romney 
light anyway. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> I, I you know, mean, they're acting as if Obama had passed single-payer single, single payer universal health care. No, and it, it, it hasn't gotten to that point yet. And plus, the basis of most of Obamacare was based off of Mitt Romney's health care bill in, in Massachusetts. Exactly. I mean, that's why the insurance companies loved it. They're like, oh, you're actually requiring people yeah. to have insurance? Great. And this is what Republicans refuse to see. Well, so they know it, but they don't want to think that, you know, they want it to be their own, I guess. Yeah. And and the fact that Trump has said that, oh, no, we never really had a plan anyway. So Well, no, his plan during the campaign was he was saying, well, I'm going to cover everybody. Everybody's, it's going to be an awesome plan. It's a tremendous plan. It's going to be awesome. Everybody's going to be happy. And I'm going to be loved by everybody. I need my love. I need my daily adoration. But now the, the Republican bill looks like it'll end up dropping 20 million people. Yeah. Around that, I've seen loose figures between 10 and, mil- 10 and 20 million people would no longer be able to be insured on the Republican health care bill. Well, and the, the, I think the you want to talk about the, tea, the rise of the Tea Party and the town halls during 2009 – as far as a lead up to Obamacare, yeah. it's you know it's a lot harder to take away something from people that are use, using it. Yeah. And if your plan is like it'll kind of sort of work, we think, yeah. well, you're the people are going to be freaked out, and there's going to be a lot more anger. Uh, we'll we'll wait and see. I'll, I'll just say specifically on this issue, I miss a certain senator from Vermont. Uh, I think uh, I think we do. You know, every once in a while, I have those phantom uh, burn feelings. Uh, uh, I, I feel I it. feel I feel the burn all the time. You know, yeah. Well, you should get that looked at. <laughs> but but I, I I lived in a country where we had universal health care. Yeah. I didn't have to pay to go to the doctor. Didn't have to and you, pay and to you go know, to the hospital. And did you have to wait like a year to see somebody? I mean, that's what you hear about no. the Canadian system is we'll put you on a list and six months later, maybe you'll get something. I mean, depending on what it is, if it was elective, I think there were people that had to wait. But if it was necessary, yeah. it was done as soon as humanly possible. Okay. As soon as they could get in. And if they couldn't get you in in your local uh, uh, trust, mm-hmm. they would see if there was another... Uh, health trust nearby because that's how they do it in the UK is each county has their or each major area has their trust which operates the hospitals in that area Uh, if there was another trust nearby that could get it done they would send you to that trust or that hospital in that area and you would get it done as you know sooner but they also had private insurance as well you could elect to go privately and get it done, you know, because most people didn't use it, use nas- uh, private insurance. You could usually tend to get things done quicker. Although most private insurance uh, used NHS hospitals. So you still have to, it's not like here where you have Kaiser, you yeah. have whatever other insurance company that has their own network of hospitals they right. were still doctors using nhs hospitals um but from my experience if i called to make an appointment for doctor's visit it was usually within a day or two it, where they could fit you in if, especially if it was 
if you were sick, sick, they mm. could usually make emergency appointments like most places here can. And the doctors still made money like here. So it, it wasn't an issue with doctors. Doctors pref- that have worked there and here all prefer that system. Yeah. Uh, and so when I hear people talk about how bad it is in Canada, they've never seen how that system works. And yeah, sometimes things can be slow, especially if it's, if it's not life threatening, if it's something that can be managed, mm-hmm. uh, with medication until you get a surgery, which can sometimes be a little bit out, but they, they, they try to get it done as soon as they can. Well, yeah. I, so, you know, this, this will be ongoing, you know, they're, they're just, uh, you know, letting this bill out, and it's 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 just just beginning to breathe in terms of people reading it and and, and getting used to it. But I want to shift a little bit uh, back a little bit home here in California in terms of Northern California and the rains that we've had been going. So, you know, we've been in a drought for the last number of years, five years at least, and every once in a while we'll be on that perpetual drought. And then suddenly, this, you know, last year, and then it got even crazier this winter in terms of the amount of rain we got in such a short period of time. And uh, so, uh, talking about my, I, I lived in San Jose, South San Jose, yeah, for a few months, right, right off the of center, center Road in Nordale. And this was the area in which there was massive flooding. I mean, people getting rescued by boat, and uh, God knows. Could you imagine seeing a boat on the street in San Jose? Uh, I, I I didn't <laughs> believe it until I saw a video of it from KRON, and I went, "Wow!" And it, it, when you looked, uh, I mean, it was a, about above uh, cars uh, in terms of about the height of the top of cars that were parked on the street there. Right. Because that particular street is down angle from center road so it kind of just flooded in once uh you know the anderson uh, d- uh dam as far as the levee kind of it spilled over and so it's like i look at this and i go wow that could have been me yes easily i mean you, you i look at this is where i lived and if we would have stayed there for uh a, a year more i mean this time last year that's where i was at and so it's like okay they talk about the complaint from the San Jose's response. The mayor kind of took it on and said, yeah, we fucked up yeah. in terms of how quick the response was, uh, which in this case wasn't very. And uh, a lot of people were just, you know, their places decimated because the water got in. And then uh, my thinking was not so much that because there wasn't any deaths during the, uh, the flooding, but I'm just thinking about the aftermath. And I keep thinking of Katrina, right? All those shots of like black mold that's growing after water's just been sitting there. Right. In it and how much replacement that has to be. But I kept thinking if I was there, then at the aftermath, we wouldn't have had power for a little while. Uh, the laundry room in and of itself would have been fucked up, which means we would have had to look elsewhere in terms of just clean clothes. Yeah. And then the, the water heater that they had for the whole complex was had its own issues even when we were there. The pilot light would always be going out. Like, there's <laughs> enough of a strong wind, and that pilot light would go out. we go, where's our hot water? It's like, oh, you just need to go down and relight the, 
well, the pilot. And it's like, well, that's not our job. We're renters. We don't own this. We're, we're not the landlord. <laughs> but I kept thinking, okay, we wouldn't have had power. We wouldn't have been able to clean. And then a uh, hot water? No, nah, maybe. Every once in a while, as long as you went down and lit the pilot light again. But yes, uh, that aftermath is just, I mean, a lot of people are just not sure what to do. I mean, you have a lot of older people that lived in that area that are, are like in complete start over mode. But it wasn't just, I mean, th that's where I live. But I mean, you, you want to talk about the Oroville Dam and that uh, issue and then with the spillway that then... You know, the spillway was too much, and it was uh, eroding away. Almost 200,000 people evacuated below the dam. Uh, yeah, and I, so you start looking at all these reservoirs. You see, what, where are they at capacity-wise? Well, I, I just drove past uh, San Luis Reservoir yeah. here off of uh, oh, 152. Yeah. And uh, it's 90 95% full. It's not quite to the brim. And there's a spillway on... On the right-hand side, if you're coming west, yeah. uh, about two-thirds of the way over the hill, that's completely flooded as well. Mm. Um, I drove down Crow's Landing through uh, uh, Stanislaus County earlier, and uh, the Stan uh, San Joaquin River is still uh, completely flooded, mm. and uh, there's... Lots of water everywhere. Well, and I'm thinking, I, I, I'm thinking about you as well with all this rain. Because I remember right, right where you live in terms of the street, in terms of what can be. Yeah, but that has to do with wells. <laughs> uh, that has to do with bad. But I think if you, if you if you get enough rain within a short period of time, there's nowhere for that water to go. This is true. <laughs> you know, it's um, just a matter of time. But I mean, even though that we've gotten all this rain, yeah, and we have all this water stored. Uh, we we can't let it go back to where we've been the past decade. They they still and I was glad that Jerry Brown, governor of California, uh, kept in the emergency rules in place. Yeah, I think so. I think it's way too early to say, "Hey, we're good," because everybody's saying, "Hey, the drought's over. Look at the map. Uh, yeah. There's no yellow or red places nope. anymore." We we we've gotten saturated with water, but we have to allow aquifers to refill. Well, that's and, a big thing in the groundwater. Yeah. And today, actually, I just uh, saw this, and it has to do with uh, an article about NASA satellites now showing um, the lowering of land in uh, the Central Valley. Mm -hmm. And I believe it states that there's an area where it has dropped uh, at least two feet over the past year. Yeah. Ha, ha, say it sunk about 22 inches over a little more than a year, according to Jet Propulsion Laboratory report. Yep. Extending about 60 miles. And, uh, I mean, think what you may, but it's it has to do with using tons of groundwater to irrigate. Yep. And the water table's not refilling because of, California's long history of rolling droughts here, getting some water, and then a drought for another five years. Well, not to mention Los Angeles sucks up a lot, a lot of our water because, well, they need it. They need it piped to them. Yes. And so I remember noticing it was like last year during the drought, and you saw as far as uh, once the emergency rules were put in yes. uh, by the governor, 
what usage uh, was being used? Was it ex you know increasing? Was it decreasing? And for the most part, in Northern California, they were they were decent. They were decreasing their usage, but the area that actually increased the usage was the LA area. Yep. So it was like, oh, we don't care about your rules. We're Los Angeles, and we're gonna suck all your water regardless of whatever rules you put in. Yeah, because we're gonna water we're gonna water our grass every day. <laughs> they're, they're they're getting all this water from Northern California as it is, and. They, they they don't have adequate storage for themselves for the uh, the water that comes down from the mountains yeah. in the spring. And, you know, it, yeah. it's tough. But for me, yeah, like you were saying, as far as the, the water tables, it's that groundwater. Because, yeah, we're saturated. But you talk about the wells and what, I mean, that's long term. That Those still need to be uh, revitalized. Right. And Especially with the areas that tap into well water. And with this uh, subsidence of land, it's harder and harder for those wells to refill because once the land subsides and collapses over the aquifer, yeah. that aquifer can never refill again. So it, Cal California, I know in the past decade or so... It, the past five years, they've changed rules on on how deep you can drill for a well mm -hmm. because of research that they've had and the fact that farmers using it. And there's got to be a good way to get the farmers the water that they need. There's also technology well, that decreases the amount of Well, that's water. my thing with the farmers saying, hey, you know, especially from the from the Central Valley, San Joaquin Valley, you know, they complain about Pelosi and Jerry Brown and all the lefties saying, hey, we're farmers and we're going to, we need to still flood our orchards the way we have been. It's like, flood. there are more efficient ways to be able to use the water than you have. And I, I live in Modesto and it, every time, not every orchard that we drive by, but there's a still a good percentage of orchards that you just drive by in the summer and they're flood irrigated yeah. and there has been research that you can drip irrigate and still get the same results uh central valley has pretty much the complete nut industry in the u.s or well, exactly. a good percentage of it well, if anything, these farmers are waiting on the government subsidy to be able to get the additional equipment that they, they need uh, to be yeah. able to more efficiently do it. Otherwise, no, we're not going to take it out of our money. But, hey, Trump he, Trump's their guy, right? So he's going to he's gonna help them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the sad thing. With a lot of these Trump supporters, especially the farmers in the Central Valley, were Trump, 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 you know? We're, we're going to shake things up, and he's uh, going to fight for the little guy. Yeah. They're going to be... The ones that get hurt the most because they're the true believers. Yes. Nothing, nothing hurts more than a true believer's heart broken. <laughs> and the, the bad thing, especially out there, is I sit in this little island of blue in my town yeah. where my neighborhood's um, state uh, assemblywoman is yeah. a Democrat. And I'm, I've got a Republican congressman and... Uh, it, it just completely goes back and forth and it's hard to figure out what type of what what things are going to be done for us in our area because of yeah. the representation um, and a lot of Modesto I, I think it's about 
60-40 or so, mm-hmm. not quite half and half about which is which, especially for state representation. And the reason why we have a Republican congressman is because of how many farmers there are. Yep. And it's tough. It, it, it makes... I mean, aren't they... Are... Aren't they the rural welfare queens <laughs> when it comes to government subsidies and money? You know, the same people that complain about the urban welfare queen just taking money and money and money and money for all these kids. Yes. And they're like, hey, that's bad. But, oh, don't don't cut off our welfare. No. Because <laughs> no. you need to give us subsidies to uh, stop, uh, to not produce as much. I, I yes. think of the corn subsidies as far as in the Midwest and Iowa and stuff. And so it's like, hey, come on, guys. <laughs> At least be consistent. But... Anyway, that's another thing that we'll keep going. But yeah. uh, let's let's kind of finish it off here and shift topics away from politics. So the World Baseball Classic is coming up. Spring training's underway. You and I, like, we're both Giants fans, yeah. and we're waiting. We're like, this is the year. Now it's now it's we're about odd years, right? Because you know we did the even thing, and now and now, now it's time to get odd. Yeah, right? and <laughs> and they really got to hurry up here. I I made a prediction after they won their. Uh, won their second World Series, mm-hmm. that they'd still have the chance to win three more. They've won one since. Yeah. So they just need two more to get to that magic five. You're waiting the, before the decade. By, by, by the end of this decade, <laughs> I yeah. So I, I had a colleague that uh, that goes, how many more do you really think they'll win? I, I said, I think they can win total of five this decade. Well, they were close. If you think about last year, right, and you see how close they were at playoff team, they stumbled into the playoffs. Oh, they, they stumbled. <laughs> but they got to the playoffs. Unfortunately, a, a lot of problems at the end of the season. The bullpen. In, bullpen. Uh, but bullpen mainly. Nobody could finish <laughs> yeah. off the game. When you can't, when you give up a three-run lead, granted they were the Chicago Cubs, and they ended up winning, you know, World Series champions. When you can lose to the champs, okay. Yeah. You know, but game, they were game up. Game five, correct? <laughs> it, game, uh, game, game, game four. Game four, sorry. Game four in that series. Yeah. They were up by three in the bottom of the to, ninth To send it back to Chicago. To go to and, a game five. And they blew it. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I, I think from what I've seen, I've been happy with what it looks like they're going to do in the bullpen this year. They, well, I think so. I mean, the big the big uh, key acquisition closer is... Uh, Mark Melanson. Yeah, I, I think I, definitely, hopefully he's I, worth the money that they're giving him. But he's, he, if you look I, at his stats, I, he is. Unfortunately, last year near the trade deadline, he ended up uh, getting traded. I forget where to from. Uh, was it the Washington Nationals? That's or, right. Yeah, I think so. Uh, the Nationals picked him up at the trade deadline last year, and I know the Giants were trying to get him, which would have been great for the end of last year, and I think we would have done better. Um, they got some guys that, you know, Giants are about their homegrown talent, and they got a great yeah. infield. We're still waiting on Arroyo, but well, uh, I, we'll see. <laughs> I think this this is the year we could see, from my opinion, that Arroyo uh, shows up. In Might the be game. a call-up? I, I don't think a call-up. I think he will back up Nunez at third. Oh, I, I think he'll. Well, what about Connor Gillespie? Gillespie will be on the bench too. I think. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, he's a good utility. I mean, he's he, a good. He's a better. Spot I, I think he's more of a middle infielder than he is mm. a corner guy. Uh, I, I think Arroyo. From what I've seen this spring so far, I haven't seen too many games because yeah. they haven't been on television. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except for once against the Dodgers. <laughs> Once in a while. And uh, I, I think Arroyo might have a chance to make the squad the, uh, for opening day. Yeah. Uh, but if he doesn't, 
I, I think he'll be up fairly quickly. Well, it'll be interesting to see because remember Nunez went down with an injury last year for a little yeah. bit of time. So and I think odds are more than likely there's going to be somebody to fill the, in. They'll need that hot corner guy to back up. And no offense to Gillespie, he's a good ball player. I again, I think he's more of a middle infielder. Okay. I, I think Arroyo would be better to have up to shore up that infield. And then you'd have four homegrown guys on the infield. I think so. What do you think about the battle for left field? Because you talk about right between Parker and... Uh, I, I, I think I think Parker. Um, but what about Michael Morris, right? Because no. they signed him to a minor league contract. To a minor league contract. Right. Uh, Morris is back. I, I've been seeing he, people are excited because they love his... They, they did that as a favor to Hunter Pence. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hunter Pence asked them to sign him to give him a chance in spring, but I don't think, and if he did end up on the roster, it would be to back up Brandon Belt here and there at first base. He's not an outfielder. Well, speaking um, of another guy who's played left field, Brandon Belt, but, well, yeah. <laughs> not, but not good. I mean, he definitely looks like a draft out left field a lot more I, when he's yeah. running. And I, the, the problem with Belt is uh, I think he's he can be good, but He's had problems in the past. I, I really like him. And, yeah. Um, the problem is, what do you do with him when Buster Posey starts needing to spend more time <laughs> not behind the plate? Yeah, exactly. Jeff, because you need his him. bat in the lineup. Yep. And the only other place to put him is first. Yeah, I think we'll you know we'll see. Bell was pretty good uh, health wise as far as last year. I mean, coming back from that fifty game injury he had the year before. Yeah. But uh, well, then the the latest I had heard was that uh, Bochi was talking about the battle for the fifth spot in the rotation, which was he was saying that there's going to be more of a battle. It seems to be between Matt Cain against uh, Ty Block well, they owe for Matt, that fifth spot. They owe Matt Cain too much money, so he's going to have that fifth spot. Uh, well, for how long, though, before they just so, give him to long relief? Well, I, I, I think Matt Cain will end up... Matt Cain will be that weird fourth-slash-fifth starter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... I'm not sure who else is in that. Because you got... Bumgarner, Cueto. Samarja. Samarja. Well, last year he had PV, but PV's got his own issues. Yeah. So, I mean, Kane, I think, will end up being fourth, which is fine because... And then there was that guy they brought in when Kane got hurt. Uh, I forget his name at the moment. Clearly, he was very good. (laughs) Forgettable. Uh, He was decent. Yeah, he's forgettable. If you get to the name, he's somewhere. Um, Um, But as far as bringing people up for the minors... But I think think Tyblock could be a... No, I don't want to say spot starter. I think he could start a few games. Yeah. Um, and I, I, that would actually be a decent rotation to have to go Bumgarner, Cueto, Samarja. And then you have two guys that if they win, they win. If not, it's no big deal when you got your three. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the thing, too. They're saying whether or not Samarja might drop to a fourth row, uh, starter as opposed to the third. Because he was good. When he was good, he was good. But then when he was off, he was off. He, went, yeah. he You didn't know which Samarja you were going to quite get. Yes. So. But, so. but that leads us into, uh, you were, like you were saying, uh, talking about the rule changes for this year. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, minor league 
this year they're going to try out uh, at the top of the 10th inning to have a man on second base. I think that's stupid. I think it's idiotic. It, it doesn't change anything because both teams will sacrifice fly the guy over to third. Exactly. So they're, they're sort of... Or this, sack bunt and then a sack fly. And all these experiments to, two try outs to, in a run. to try to speed up the game and bring in what are the youthful <laughs> kids that just can't handle it. And they keep saying, like, three hours is too much. Three hours is too much. That was the average time. Like, well, football takes three hours. <laughs> I mean, all these other sports. What makes, you know... Here's the thing. And they can take a page from cricket from this. Have fielding restrictions. The the outfielder can only... Can't go... Can't set beyond a certain point for the first three innings. Mm-hmm. Right? Let these guys hit the hell out of the ball to see where it goes. And uh, if it gets over... Say for the first three innings, they get a lot of doubles and what have you, and right. increase the score, mm-hmm. and then allow a full set, a full regular set after the third inning. Mm-hmm. You get, you could end up with lopsided scores, but who yeah. knows? I just don't like these where you start getting into set thing. It's like part of what makes baseball, and I'm a baseball purist. Maybe that's the thing is I come at it from a definitely don't fuck with the game because part of the purity of the game and what I like about baseball is that there is no time limit. There is no, you're out when you're out, three outs, nine innings. Hey, and if it goes into extra innings, hey, that's free baseball. But the rules don't suddenly change. This isn't football overtime where it's like, well, if you get the ball first and you score only a field goal, then the other team gets a chance. I mean, is that what we're going to get into? Because we got to make it more exciting. Well, and, and that's the whole the whole point with putting that second that guy on second base is it's not going to change anything. They'll they just might knock as well. that guy in and yeah. the other team will knock their guy mm-hmm. in and vice versa. It, it just... It's not gonna sure, and let's change to aluminum bats to make a you know a, a difference too. I don't know, but then that, that doesn't do it right. Well, as far as uh, the what the big rule change, I guess, as far as the major league level is the no pitch uh, walk. Yeah, so I mean, which I'm kind of on board with. It, it seems like okay, it won't save all that time. I don't think but, it's gonna save a lot of time. But okay, they're still gonna the the manager's still gonna go out there and ask the pitcher. If, he wants to pitch to this guy or the next guy. Yeah. So there's still going to be time wasted. Yeah. Um, I, the the place they can tighten up time mm-hmm. is what they tried to do with not allowing the batter out of the box in between pitches, but they're not enforcing it. Well, yeah, it makes, it, it, make, it makes me think of Dustin, Dustin Pedroia from the Red Sox, yeah. who every single pitch, he's he's shifting, he's re, yep. redoing his batting gloves, doing this little dance in between every single pitch, yep. sure. So, if they, you know, and if the guy decides he's not ready within two seconds or whatever, if the pitcher's ready to go, let the pitcher let throw. Let the pitch, and he can try it, yep. sure. And if the guy's out of the box and it's a strike, it's a strike. Yeah. Well, another area that they could speed up on is instant replay. How many games did you watch where it was like the instant replay took forever to get ruled on? Now, supposedly they've got a rule in there this year in terms of uh, a maximum amount of time, but that's not a hard. But that, that, that's only for the uh, for New York watching the replay. Yeah. And if they can't decide within, I think it was. A minute and a half or two minutes. Something like that. Like, uh, you got two minutes to decide. Yeah. And it always seemed like, well, the longer it was going to be, that means it wasn't conclusive. So, 
It wasn't going to change anything. It stands. Anyway. It's not confirmed. What was the point of doing the replay in the first place? Right. The, the one thing I'll say that could save time there is not allowing managers to be able to communicate with somebody in the uh, oh, I mean, they clubhouse. Just, they got to go by it, just gut what they yeah. kind of saw and what so they saw. What guy, did you see, do you yeah, think? If, <laughs> if the runner goes, I was safe, I know I was safe, challenge it. It's got to be like football where they throw a red flag. They can't see a replay before it. Well, that's the other thing, too. I guess with the – so they got one replay and, and last year's rules where they gained another one when it came to the seventh inning, and now they've shifted that to where it's the eighth inning now. Yeah. So Before they get a it, replay. It, ha- it has to – was it the eighth inning only initiated by the crew chief? Ah, uh, okay. And so what was happening in the seventh inning – Seventh or the sixth? I thought it was the sixth. I thought it was the seventh, but it, it was one it, of those. Innings. One of the two. Anyway, so what would happen is the guy's out of challenges already, and he tells the crew chief you need to look at that, and the yeah. crew chief would just automatically, without any question. Say, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so I mean, like with football, they have the booth there, or just have booth replays. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're watching the game as it's going. Yeah. If there's something close, hey, they'll initiate it. Yeah. Yeah. Have, have an earpiece in the crew chief's headset. I just kept thinking on a lot of those last year, especially when it got to instant replay, but it was not uh, conclusive enough. You just wasted a bunch of time. What was the point in looking at it anyway? If it was, t- I thought the whole point of injury play was because it was close, right? And then they could check. But it was like, well, no, if it's close enough, we're not gonna we're not gonna dispute the umpire on the field at the time. Yeah. Well, okay. the, the the only thing I really liked replay for and was glad it came in when it did yeah. was for home runs. Yeah. I, you need it if it's fair or foul. Especially with some of those uh, ballparks that are a little configured oddly. Yep. <laughs> you know, in terms of where the where that home run line there's, is. There's not a. There's not a gap between the pole and the corner. Where yeah, the corner think, I, don't know, is, I don't know if it was Arizona was one of those places, but it was possibly. like, yeah, it was just this weird little... Yeah, city uh, field, line. I think. Yeah, I think so. Or Target Field, too. Could have been Target Field yeah. in Minnesota as well. Yeah. And uh, it's it just tough to yeah. tell. So I, you know. No, I think uh, we'll just leave it on. Uh, well, you know, I guess it'll make spring training a little bit interesting. World Baseball Classic. Uh, yeah. Go USA. Go USA. And uh, the dark horse, right? Israel. Israel, uh, Israel are going to win it all this year. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, they're, they're kicking some butts. <laughs> are, are you two of the strongest uh, Asian teams, Taipei? And, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I expected more. In Japan. Japan's yeah. no slouch. Nope. Yeah, they'll, uh, nope. they'll do it. So, uh, anyway, a baseball season uh, can't get here soon yeah. enough. Go Giants. And, uh, go Giants. So, uh, I think that'll wrap it up. Uh, Unless you got anything else to add, uh, I think that'll do it. I think we've talked enough. And uh, uh, I don't know. Did you get into a California state of mind? I think so. I, I think I, I think we are. I, yeah. think, uh, I think we ended it well. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, join us uh, again, and uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, stay California. Stay California.